What's up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Sediment. Joining me today, as always, my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. I normally introduce Abe and ask him what's on his mind, but just because we have the new YouTube up and running, we've got our new TikTok, we've got our new Instagram, we're going to plug all that stuff. Snapback Sports Podcast, you can find it on YouTube. That's where the video version of this, if you're listening, will be. That's where uh, TikTok clips will be. It's where Instagram Reels clips will be from the show. One more episode, and then hopefully we're going to be live in the studio on Wednesday for Thursday's episode. It'll be fancy. We got chairs. We've got decor, um, and and we'll have that. But, Abe, what is on your mind today? Thanks, Jack. And Yeah, run up those channels while you're at it. Um, eight days since, um, you know, what happened happened. Um, <laughs> just a quick update. Very quick. We're not going to get into it. It doesn't get any easier. It actually sucks more and more by the day. So we'll continue to update on that from what is on my mind, Jack, how was Salt Lake city? All-star weekend. Good. Yeah. City of Mormons for sure. Some pretty, uh, Ooh, I'd love to hear more about that. Jamal Williams style. Um, <laughs> some pretty interesting, um, which we'll talk about the all-star weekend in depth, but there's one aspect I want to talk about. <laughs> Joel Embiid was not named a starter to the All-Star game. He was awarded a starting position out of charity for Kevin Durant getting hurt. Um, and then, right, you would think that if you weren't originally voted a starter, you're probably not one of the better talents and you shouldn't be drafted first as a starter. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid was the first starter picked. The first the first overall starter picked by LeBron James last night in the draft. LeBron had first pick, and he took Joel Embiid. Everyone in that damn league knows who Joel is. Joel has no first-team All-NBAs. Joel has never won an MVP. The, the, the soon-to-be three-time MVP got picked second to last. Hell, he thought he got picked last, and he wasn't surprised by it. It's just, last night sent a message to me, and to the rest of NBA fans, that the media, those who vote, have no idea, and there's no process for this, when everyone in the fucking league knows how good Joel is. That's all. It was just interesting to me. That is an amazing spin on the whole situation. Taking an event that everyone is saying, blow the event up, it's an awful game, and your biggest takeaway was that the league thinks Joel Embiid is the best player in the league. That's The players do. The players do. The pl- no, no, I didn't say best. I didn't say best, but like top three for sure. So, so I know we're going to do our Salt Lake recap, so I think it's a good transition into, if you caught me on NBA TV last night, you might have Flex. heard my, co- my co-host Vinny talking about the fact that he is a voter. And that everything, and he mentioned that they do take into account playoff performance historically, not futuristic, but historically. So into MVP voting, into Defensive Player of the Year. Cap. You want to do cap? Let's do cap of the week first. No, no, no. That's not cap. No, it is cap. He's capping. The votes are submitted before the playoffs. That is a thousand percent cap. See, this is the thing. Like my girlfriend, you're upset and you're not listening. I'm not so upset. I'm just calling Cap as don't don't let's, talk let's. to me like a fucking <laughs> child. Let's just listen really quickly. I said historic playoff performance. So when we were on the show, what we talked about, you know, we we're talking MVP odds, and I actually picked Joel Embiid at plus six hundred to win the award. I think he's got a good shot down the stretch here. But he said 
there's definitely questions about Jokic as being a three-time MVP because of his lack of playoff success. So that goes into his mindset when actually putting putting the vote forward. So I just found that very interesting because we always talk about like, oh, they don't actually take it into account. We think of these guys as like these noble people. It's like this dude sitting next to me before the show, he's human just like the rest of us. Of course we factor in those other things. So I found it interesting that he mentioned that. So Anyways, that's that's part of my Salt Lake recap. The dunk contest was good. We'll talk about that in a little. Salt Lake in general, it's pretty. It was fine for the weekend because I think the rules were kind of stretched. But normally, uh, they measure out every drink. You can only grab one at a time. Like you can't even get two drinks. Oh, it's and like that. For, for, it's Mormon. Like it's a real thing. Uh, everything is closed on Sundays because people are at church. So yeah, it, it's it's pretty much what you would think in Salt Lake City. Now, wait, oh Park wait, wait, City the game much, was on Sunday. Yeah, but so but all the restaurants things, and bars in the surrounding area were closed. There was an exception for All Star. Like more, you know, businesses wanted to make some money. But normally, yes, like things would be closed on Sunday. Do you think there was is, an exception to soaking because of All Star? Like there you can, was like you can go all the way through the tunnel. Uh, probably not, but like a even, lot. Even reverse the, out. I'm sure there was some tunnel play on Sunday and and the other nights. Um, but there was a good vibe to Salt Lake City. There, you know, all the good people were there for the most part. The game itself, you know, the one thing I noticed about participation, like Luka and Jokic had zero interest, like genuinely zero interest in being there. Jason Tatum and Bede. Dame, they were they were kind of into it, and then post game, uh, the guys literally could not have wanted to be there less. Like Joel and Joel landed three hours in Salt Lake City before tip off. No, Uh, but he, I mean, we were sitting on on the LeBron side, right by the bench, and like he uh, he came out slow, and then he was like, "All right, I'm gonna do my thing, get my points," and then he was actually upset at the end of the game uh, when they lost. So you know, know it's funny. It is we want to talk about and we'll get into every contest, right? But we want to talk about how um, participation is a big is a big um, talking point as it refers to NBA All-Star Weekend. Let's compare NBA All-Star Weekend, like the biggest league event of the year to that of the Super Bowl. Last year, the Super Bowl was in Los Angeles. This year was in Scottsdale, Arizona. Next year, it's in Las Vegas. Last year, the NBA All-Star Weekend was in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. This year it was in Good Utah. City. This year it was in Utah. And next year it's in Indianapolis. Another good city. Another hey. good city. And historically a basketball spot. In in the middle of February for millionaires to go hang out and have fun? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> it's unfair, if, though. You know, you know, no, no. The Super Bowl is a different event than All-Star. That's but, what but people like, don't But you want to get these players into it and, and – to like hype up the event, maybe put it in a destination they want to go to. Maybe put it at the Staples Center. Maybe put it, if you want to do a cold weather city, do it in Boston or do it in Miami. Do it where somewhere at least these players want to go. There's a reason Joel Embiid didn't land in Salt Lake City until two hours before the game. It's because it was Salt Lake fucking city. It wasn't because of anything else. If you want to get people to participate, the first step is making it intriguing to participate. There's a number of other ways to do that, but saying, hey, you want to go for a week in your in your when you're off your PTO and go hang out in Miami and go hang out in LA? Sure, we can do that. But Utah, um, Indiana, Cleveland, God, what are we doing? I agree. I do. I do agree with you. I think there's a number of other ways to get people more involved. Um, 
but I think that's an easy, easy starting point. For whatever reason, because I've been at the last few, this one I just kind of had, I guess, more awareness to the situation. It's like for the guys who aren't at All-Star Weekend, they get like 11 days off to relax, be with their family, go on vacation. If you are in the All-Star stuff in any form, no matter even if you fly in for two hours, you know, you had maybe three days before and then you've got only four days after. Like it really disrupts the entire thing. So I like I saw Peyton Pritchard's Instagram. He's out on the islands with his Miles Turner's in the Cayman Islands. Like Yeah, like they're they're having a time. So I totally get like why Chris Paul and Russ, who are, you know, double digit all stars, they probably didn't give a damn that they were. Dude, James Harden didn't give a shit. (laughs) Right. He didn't care one bit. We will talk about some of that stuff. But let's start with our cap of the week. Abe, who was capping? One of my favorite segments, man. My first cap of the week goes to new Arizona Cardinals head coach. Jonathan Gannon. Oh, Johnny boy, Johnny boy. I loved you for a majority part of the year. Johnny actually had, he was lying all over the place. Jonathan Gannon said, and I don't, I'm still trying to understand the motive behind this, this lie. Maybe you can help me out. Jonathan Gannon said to me, not to me, (laughs) Jonathan Gannon (laughs) said that Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles offered him head coaching money and more money than he got in Arizona to stay and be the defensive coordinator. Cap. Cap. First off, the rumor was Howie Roseman told you to stay in Arizona interview for the Cardinals. So you think he's the one that's trying to keep you away from them? Absolutely not. Howie Roseman, one of the best and most revered general managers in all of football, that everyone knows is a smart dude, is going to look at the performance that your defense put up in the Super Bowl and the next day double your salary? Cap. Do you think that's fair, though, to measure someone off of just that one game? No, but I think like, when... Like, going into that game, you would have said he's one of the top three DCs in the league, right? With the top defense. Probably the defense not. Been... Probably not. No? No, okay. probably not. I'd say we'd have, like, top three defense, but not any which way necessarily because of him. Um, how do I know it's Cap? is because, or how do I put the focus on the Super Bowl? Jack, he interviewed for the job 12 12 hours after his defense gave up 38 points in the Super Bowl. You're telling me the first question the Cardinals asked wasn't, so tell me about yourself. No, Jack, it was what the fuck happened last night in the game, and how are you going to make sure that doesn't happen here? So that's my first cap, because there's no way in hell I I believe that Howie Roseman offered him head coaching money to stay as a coordinator in Philadelphia. No shot. Cap number two. We all saw that video of Jonathan Gannon going around looking like cringy McCringleberry, um, introducing himself to all the players, looking them up to up. If you watch the video, he eyes each one of his players up like a piece of fucking meat from head to toe as he introduces himself, doing the pew, pew, pew. It literally looked like a skip from Nathan for you. But I will say it is quite hypocritical of Eagles fans to slander Jonathan Gannon because of that video. Because Sirianni was a fucking whack job in his first. He still uh, is a whack job. Yeah, but at least he got to he's a cocky job. whack job um, now. But in part of that clip, which was weird in itself, he spoke with Kyler, the quarterback, and Kyler and him were talking about why he took the job. And he goes, "Well, when I look around the league and I think of all the openings, like why wouldn't I take a job with a franchise quarterback already in place?" Cap, 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 cap. We're not just gonna call Kyler franchise quarterback we're, we're not going to do that i, mean, I am in the i am a huge word i am not a, the guy 
sure. he's a franchise quarterback. Sure, by paychecks. That's, I mean, then Tobias is a franchise player. Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> but that's just Cap. Jonathan Gannon, you know damn well that if Kyler has one or two bad years, one and a half bad years after he comes back from his ACL, he's gone. A franchise quarterback doesn't have that leash. You took that job because it's in Arizona, because you're going to be getting paid, and it's simple as that. Just leave it at that. There's no reason to throw in these lies. Nobody likes you more because you call Kyler a franchise guy. Yes, they right? do. Oh, no, they Stop. don't. No, they you don't. go, no, they Abe, the first day of work at your new company, you're all hyped up. You're talking about, oh, the boss is cool. My coworkers are the man. They're big fans. And and then, like, by week two, you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> shut up. And you're turning off notifications on Slack. My cap of the week belongs to Adam Silver. No. I'm not sure if you guys know where I'm going to go with this because I'm sure we could go a million different ways. Adam Silver said, this is how we're going to format the NBA All-Star Draft. We're going to do the reserves first so no one feels like they were picked last. I mean, <laughs> credit to you. Did your, did your, I mean, I went to Penn State, so I don't want to talk about my education level. It was very hard for me to, to, do, to deduce who would have been the last pick overall based off the format. So I'll give Adam Silver credit for that. Yes, major credit to him because, look, I maybe we're just making an assumption that the starters would have been drafted first, which I guess in theory they wouldn't have. Like if, if it was an open player pool and Lowry Markkinen was a starter, he wouldn't be picked in the first 10. Would you agree with that? Like Lillard no gets shot. picked before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the last reserve was obviously going to be the last pick in the draft, and that was Jaron Jackson Jr. Do I feel bad for Jaron Jackson Jr. because he was drafted last? No, because I looked up that he's making $100 million guaranteed over the next four years. He's okay. When I got bullied in school and didn't get picked first and ended up getting picked last, maybe my ego in sixth grade was hurt. But these are grown adults who are making many million dollars to play in a – glorified layup line as they said yeah I'm, i mean i'm glad that someone on this podcast has experienced getting picked last and pick up because i sure as hell don't um so it's, it's very um beneficial to the content that you can speak to what that feels it's, like. it's relatable yeah it's very relatable um i don't know because think about it if you're thinking from a gm standpoint wouldn't you want to build your bench around your starters and know what you need rather than vice versa like you'd like that they pick the reserves first no i don't I think they should have to pick the starters first because it helps them build a more solid team that that gels together. Yeah. Like LeBron, LeBron the lost and was stuck with two bigs as starters. Yeah. The, pro- the problem was that Jokic and Luka had no interest, but LeBron drafted a, a much superior team, in, including the fact that Giannis wasn't even going to play in the game, which is pretty hilarious. So I will we'll, say, we'll, that was awesome. The draft was awesome. I will also say... There is no reason on this godforsaken earth that pregame should start at 6.30 Eastern and the game should tip off at 9 p.m. They dragged, drug, whatever you want to call it, I don't know proper grammar, that out to no end. I looked at my clock when the, when the starters were starting to get picked. It was 8.15. This thing started 45 minutes ago. It's, it, that, it was long. It was it long. Was long. It was they broke long. for commercial in between the reserves and the starters. They had also, to... I, I would argue that a snake draft could potentially make a lot of sense. I mean, given that every schoolyard draft ever, I feel like, was a snake. If it seems unfair. You get first pick, third pick, fifth. Anyways, 
the 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 idea of it was a hit. The idea that Adam Silver said we wouldn't know who the last pick was to save the fragile egos of these superstars was a lie. But it was it was a success all around, and Chuck and Shaq and those guys are they're the best. And was he like so? So we're watching the starters get picked or the bench get picked, and and Chuck was saying whatever the hell he was saying. Shaq was like, "Oh, he is blacked out right now." (laughs) Chuck was that drunk, right? He had to have been. No, he he wasn't drunk. I was in the green room with them before. The reason he was he was like that was because the mic was on a delay. But the crazier part, and you know this from watching on TV was they were trying to do Ernie in the stadium and then have the other three commentate over the picks. And we were in the TNT room with producers and and and, and uh, Grant Hill, Reggie Miller, and we're all sitting there like, oh my God, it's a hot mic. Like, it's fucked up. Dude. And then, and then, and then there was literally TNT people being like, no, this is how the execs wanted it. They wanted the, the commentary over it. So that was... Dude, that didn't during... So, dur- so right, when the, right when the draft started... It was honestly like all night. Like if we were doing cuck of the week instead of cap of the week, it would have been Turner because I thought I was drunk listening to it. I was like, or or schizophrenic hearing voices in my head. It it, It is like they could have at least thrown them in the corner in a little box. Because because the first 15 seconds was like Shaq, like saying like, Chuck, I'll come over there and beat your ass or something. And meanwhile, Ernie Johnson's just like introducing what the concept of the draft means. And I was like, Someone's going to say some fucked up shit right now, and I'm right, waiting for right. it. And it was hard because, like, half the audio was, like, 50% audio from the from the guys that were commentating it, 50% from Ernie, and then it would go to full Ernie. It was a wild viewing experience. The draft was awesome. But, Turner, you, you got to figure that out because until you said that, Jack, and everybody on the internet was under the impression that they were hot mics at the time. Yeah. No, that was that was intentional, which was pretty funny. All right, let's rewind it to the dunk contest the question is did mac mcclung save the dunk contest what say you oh what say you i never heard that before um philadelphia sixer mac mcclung <laughs> as awesome as mac was he didn't save shit he didn't save shit you think john morant zion zach levine are sitting home like itching being like oh i got this guy First off, you probably don't. Let's talk about Mac McClung real quick. I've known Mac McClung for years. He went to, he broke Allen Iverson's scoring record at in Virginia. He broke a JJ record, JJ Reddick record in Virginia. He's been in like Philadelphia circles being talked about because of the Iverson stuff for years. The guy was essentially a YouTube dunker. Let me fill you all in on a little something. The Zions of the world, the John Morants of the world, the Zach Levines of the world. They're not the best dunkers in the world. Hell, they're probably not even top 50. There used to be dedicated TV shows that they tried to run that were just weekly dunk contests. There are people out there that don't play basketball, that are shit at basketball probably, that can jump out of the gym and do whatever. Like, people should, if you knew Mac McClung's background going into this and how he used to go viral for being the 6'2 little scrawny kid that could do the craziest dunks, you should have known that that's how that was going to go down. Unfortunately, Mac McClung didn't save the dunk contest because, in my opinion, saving the dunk contest would mean getting the Zions, getting the John Morantz, and getting the Zach Levines, and I just don't think they're at home sitting on their couch like fire, fired up to take the trophy from Mac fucking McClung. 
Well, confirmed Anthony Edwards slept through the dunk contest. But that that guy's in a world of his own. And the guys loved it on the sideline. But you bring up a good point. Like, what do we want, right? Because you're, you're saying that the best dunkers in the world are not necessarily the ones in the league. Although, I'll fight back with you. I, I think Zach Levine's one of the best dunkers ever, league or not league. Like, he's put on some dunks before. But as far as, like, do we want to see Zion? Do we want to see Ja Morant? Or do we just want to see the best dunkers, right? Mac McClung lit up the arena. It, it was special. Like, it really was great. But I think, like, let's not let's chill with the recency bias. Let's just look back the last few years. It's just a matter of, was it a good dunk contest or not? Are people excited about it? Last year, it was one of the worst dunk, worst dunk contests ever. You had uh, eight-minute shot clock. You could miss 14 times. That's what no one's talking about. I think there was only one or two missed dunks by K.J. Martin. The rest were all first try, which makes the contest ten times better. And McClung, he, he just had the energy. It was his night. We saw him last night at the 2 Chains party. He's the guy. Oh, like, he's on a Salt tour Lake. right now. He's on a oh, tour Oh, yeah, right. he's killing it. He's but here's So Mac McClung did light up the arena. But, and the dunks were awesome. I'll give it to him. They were, they were unbelievable. I was thoroughly enjoying it. Did he light up the arena by his dunks or did he light up the arena because this 6'2 guy that nobody's ever seen or heard of before just showed up off the street and was doing those dunks? I think it was more that's, the, that's story, what I was say. the story behind Mac McClung is way more interesting than the dunks he did. Like in three or four years, people probably get Mac McClung could still be winning dunk contests. People probably oh, get bored of it just because so they because they know him because they know it him was flash point. in the pan. It was it was why is this guy the favorite? Why is he in it? Should he even be in it? To like oh my god! And I when I say he lit up the arena, I think his first dunk was the best dunk. The the jumping over the guys, the double tap on the backboard into the reverse dunk. I think that was the best dunk. And then you could feel in the arena that he was going to win, and people just wanted to see you know, him complete three more amazing dunks, which he ended up doing. My favorite dunk, was, yes, the he- was, my favorite dunk was the Hezzy fake. Really? The second dunk, yeah. That was my favorite. I just think the, mo- the, the up-down of the momentum is just like something crazy to me. Like, I'll admit it. I tried to do something into my trash can today that was like this, and it's just like very, very awkward. Um, well, have you ever tried jumping over two people and touching the backboard simultaneously and then uh, knocking the ball? Not that I remember. Not no, recently. Not, not yeah, that. Not yeah. that I remember. I mean, he, he was six two, jumping over a combined seven nine or something. I think it was. Yeah. So, it so was, that it was. was dope. And the third one was was dope too. Um, he did look like just a kid in a candy shop living his dream. And I think that was the coolest part of it is like, he's really just anybody. And he was his, he stole the show on national television for one night and he could come back and do it next year. But I don't think any, like, I don't think in any time soon, we're going to have a star studded dunk contest. I just don't because I genuinely think we're at a point. This goes beyond the dunk contest. This goes to trade requests in the league. This goes mm-hmm. to winning championships. It's a new era. None of these guys. Some there are a few. There are a few right that are just wired differently, like Giannis and Embiid yeah. and these other guys that genuinely I thought I could slip that by you. That genuinely care about like the, the aspect of winning a championship, but like 
everyone cares about their brand and their brand only. And you go but to isn't dunk- that the argument for being in the dunk contest? Until you embarrass yourself and you miss a dunk uh, and you and you uh, lose to a like and you're a Zion. Is, and you're a Zion who loses a tough to, run of it and no one's actually talking well, about it. You have to have you have to have a, you have, to have a brand. And, you have to there, you need to have a brand in order to lose a brand or to Can you name a, any dunker ever who whose brand is less than I see it as a win-win. Although I will tell you once again my awareness No, I'm not saying their just, brand is 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 worsened. I'm saying the idea in their head that they could be embarrassed in their mind. Like nobody wants to be slandered at any point. People care what these talking heads are saying. Yeah. And when it comes to the dunk I'm contest, saying, I don't really think that you end up getting slandered from it. Like my point is people are trying to slander Jericho Sims when no one cares, but that might just be because no one cares about Jericho Sims. Might be. I maybe, maybe, I don't know. New York Knicks media bias. I've been told before. So, I want to give credit to the NBA because we went to the Rising Stars on Friday. I'm sure not a lot of people watch, but the new format was much better. It was entertaining. Scoot Henderson might He's not be that guy. It's better it was just, you know, yeah. Um, so that that was Friday night. Saturday night, I love. I didn't get a chance to watch the Skills Challenge, but I think it's a more entertaining version. Then you've got the three-point contest, which is solid as always, and it was a good dunk contest. Then we get to Sunday. And the All-Star Game draft was a great idea. Having the TNT crew is obviously the best part of the whole thing. The Post Malone was great. The halftime show for me was great. People at home said maybe yes, maybe not. But the game itself was problematic because in the third quarter, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, and Jason Tatum made 403 pointers. And it's not even a question of defense. Like they were shooting it from half court and just making everything. So Team Giannis goes up crazy. The Elam ending becomes uncompetitive. And pretty much everyone snores through the end of the game, which is a bit of a bummer. Here's my take, Gabe, and I'm curious your thoughts. Why on Monday are we so obsessed with fixing this? Why why can't the All-Star game? Because they kept be... us up till one in the fucking morning. So go to bed. I did. Like my my I did. Right. My point is it's not like everything has to be a smash hit for us. Now, if I'm the NBA, I want more people to tune in. I want it to become this amazing event and all this. And that's why the Pro Bowl is trying different things. I get it. from, But, like, it's people like us and it's general fans who are on Twitter on Monday, like, looking for the solution for the league as if it's, like, their problem. And I'm almost like, all right, so the game wasn't great, but, like, whatever. It's an all-star game. Is it because... There's so many stars there that you would love to see something out of it. Like, what is this mentality that we need to fix the All-Star game? Dog, the mentality is simple as this. Hating isn't a habit. It's a lifestyle. (laughs) Simple as that. We got to be mad at something every single day. And today, it was the All-Star game. But I do want to mention from my perspective, because I went to sleep about halfway through that Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard third quarter um, run. There was one really cool aspect. On TV, at the beginning of the third quarter, Donovan Mitchell was mic'd up live with the TNT guys. And in the, dribbling up the ball and everything. And Shaq goes... And Shaq was playing him like a 2K player. Yeah. Shaq goes, <laughs> you going to go for MVP? He goes, if you want me to. He goes, go for it right now. Pull up. And he does it. And Shaq just keeps telling him what to do. Pull up. And he's just sinking them. Like That part was really cool from that viewing experience. Um... But 
the reason you need to fix it is because, like, in baseball, right? The MLB All-Star Game. I would say the MLB probably is one of the best All-Star Weekends just because the Home Run Derby kind of carries it. And you can't really not try in baseball. Like, it makes for an interesting game right. when you have the best players. Football. There's a reason these guys don't try is because they're going to hurt themselves. Hockey. Same reason. Basketball. That's not necessarily an excuse. It is. LeBron literally got hurt. LeBron pretty, literally pretty got hurt in the game. And not to He's old. He's Curry old. I mean, play. you shouldn't have these. Giannis didn't play. Kevin Durant didn't play. Well, they play. got hurt in the regular so, season. But I'm saying, like, clear. Yes, it, it's a safer sport than football. Less likely to get injured. But obviously, injuries are still part of it. And once again, do you want a 10-day vacation? Or are you forcing people to come in the middle of the, their PTO and, and play a game that they have no interest in playing. No, but if you have an interest I, I really, in the fans watching it, give the players an interest in playing and pay them and give them well, bonuses. Do, it's, it's for charity. They get bonuses for being an all-star. They get all those things. A hundred grand to Damian Lillard when he's making 60 mil this year, probably ain't going to do it. Tyrese Halliburton, maybe, but he's in line for a hundred million dollar contract too. So if anything, if you have to solve it, I'm perfectly fine with like, just running it how it is and hoping that it's close enough in the fourth, right? No one complained the last two years. LeBron hits the game winner at the buzzer uh, to win in Cleveland. Like, the Elam ending can be good. It was great the Chicago year, the first year they did it. But this year just happened to be poor. If anything, make them play one-on-one. But as you just said, these guys are too brand conscious these days. No one would ever commit to that. The NBA is Um, the biggest, the most divas in yeah. in one league that they're because it's the biggest star league. You look around the league, and every team, for the most part, has a star, or you can argue that they're a star. The last thing I'll say on the All Star Game is Jason Tatum, buddy. It's not that deep. It just you didn't watch the whole thing. He went a little over the top, like. Why? Because the whole so I now you okay so you want them to try less? No, no, I wanted <laughs> going, him. To, I wanted him to. You share are hating the, ball the haters. I wanted him to share the ball a little. It just, especially like like feel the room. Like Mitchell, you could tell there was a point in the third where they were both at like thirty points, and there it looked like Giannis was going to win, and then Tatum just started chucking and played ten minutes in the third, and then came back in in the fourth. I get it, the Kobe thing, and I'm a Deuce Tatum stan, and I'm I'm all for it. What did you think about the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum moment? Were you awake for that? Because that no, was but end. I saw it, and the the reason, like that photo of the angle of everyone standing around watching that's playing in the game is so yeah. bad. It's no, so bad. that that I disagree but, with because they're using that photo to frame it as like there's no defense in the game, which there isn't. But that photo was like Jason and Jalen had four back-to-back possessions playing where they just went one-on-one, which was fun. That was actually fun because that's what we want. We want the one-on-one thing, and Brown hit a shot and did the two small to Tatum. It, it was solid. As a fan in the arena, I was like a couple possessions too many. Like I want to see them go back and forth one time. They're Celtics, best friend, all that stuff. I don't, they play like the last three minutes one-on-one going up and down the court. The NBA needs to add, and it's not a one-on-one tournament. It's not. It's, it's a format of that. It's king of the court. That yeah. shit is awesome. Kyrie starts with the ball against Devin Booker. He gets a chance to score a bucket. 
He scores a bucket, he stays on. He doesn't score a bucket, Devin Booker's the king of the court. And just file these guys in. File them in. In God, one it line. It would be But that, awesome. you know, they would never you know, agree to it. The they haters. would never agree to it. Less so the, the agreement, more so like, then what do you do when Embiid's against a guard and he gets fouled and they don't want to call it and then there's stoppages, he's got to make a free throw. Like, the good thing about the All-Star game is it is nonstop, so it is constantly going. Like, there was three fouls called the whole game, but we'll move past the all No, I have one game. last I, question. I enjoyed the break. Rapid question real quick. There's a one-on-one King of the Court tournament in the NBA. Who wins? To me, it's Joel Giannis. or Giannis. Giannis. For the same I, reasons. I actually th- – I, no, I don't think it's Joel, but I think that – The only person actually, I think – the only person I think no, who could beat Joel is Giannis. Most people would say Kevin Durant would be my, my best guess. I think the only person you could say definitively would be Joel is Giannis. Because it's just a, it's enforcing your your will on somebody. Yeah. Like, it's not like you and me. But, but if you're starting at the – so this is interesting because the correct way to actually do king of the court, which would completely change the complexion of this, is three dribbles. That is right because if, if – if I got to watch Embiid <laughs> go back to the basket and pound from the top of the key all the way down to the block to then make a layup, that the people would not be excited about that. Three dribbles, and then and then I think Kevin Durant's probably the pick. That would be my guess. If it's a three dribble rule, yeah, it's Kevin Durant. Yeah. All right, let's move past and let's talk Kevin Durant and his team. Are the Phoenix Suns the team to beat going into the end of the season? And let me let me put a little disclaimer out there because we think All Star Break. You normally think like halfway point Pro Bowl after the season. We're at the seventy five percent mark. Yeah, yeah we're, we're almost done with this thing. So wherever your team's at, there might not be too much movement. But they get Kevin Durant at the deadline in the middle of Super Bowl week. Are the Suns the team to beat? I'm going to defer and let you take the ball first on this one. I'm going to say no. The team to beat in the NBA for me is the Boston Celtics. They've been the best team all year. They've got the deepest team all year. They've got the best team chemistry all year. And they have shown that they are the team to beat. Now, who's the scariest wild card? It's obviously the Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant. Are they the best team in the West in their first five? Absolutely. Do I trust them? Absolutely not. Do I think Chris Paul's finals addiction could be back after this season? potentially but if i had to make a bet i i if you gave me like suns to make the western suns to make the finals or not i would go with no which is actually shocking for me because i'm a huge fan of chris ball and then obviously durant and i think they're the best team there's just we've seen it so many times in the nba like this, it just never seems to work out never ever what's That's the why one I like the consistency of the, the one time it did work out as planned though kevin Ooh. durant was involved the Warriors but they had a full season they had a full season they walked Jack and that team was levels that that team's also levels better the question was not the question was not who is who's going to win it all the question was are the Suns the team team to beat beat. yes I don't think so every team in the NBA Boston Nuggets Philly Milwaukee Clippers they're all looking at the Suns and saying they're the best team Hell, these players are admitting it. They are afraid of this team and what they could do. They are. And Chris Paul. Who admitted it? Because Anthony Edwards had the craziest quote. That quote was all time. That quote was all time. And he's right. They have have Kevin Durant. We have Jaden McDaniels. Um, (laughs) 
Um, that's like you me saying, hey, 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 when we get awareness. to the finals, she knows who his teammates are. When baby. we get to the finals and it's Sixers Suns, and I, I'm saying they have Kevin Durant, we have Tobias Harris. What do you want to do? No, um, bro, how, you're you're a creative, funny, smart guy. How do you miss that? Lane? What do you want me to say, Jalen McDaniels? Jalen McDaniels is right there. <laughs> right. For you. Um, but the Suns are obviously the team to beat in the West. Everybody in the NBA, all the players know it. Kevin Durant, when he's healthy. He's not the best player in the world. It's Giannis. And everyone knows that right now. Giannis, You're right. You're right. Giannis is the best player in the world because Kevin Durant just can't stay healthy. But it's like. Even when healthy. But Kevin Durant's right there. And in the playoffs, he's super scary. But he doesn't elevate the team. In my opinion, but he doesn't. But he doesn't like he doesn't need, need to, to in this situation because he has another guy who can go get thirty-five, and he also has the. If you're gonna pick one floor general, when you in, oh, I shouldn't say the playoffs. I don't want to go down an alley right now. <laughs> I'm just saying for one basketball game, if you want the smartest point guard that you think you can rely on, who you don't need to rely on him for anything but orchestrating the offense, dishing the ball, playing some defense, it's Chris Paul. Like mm. it's it's it it really is like the perfect point guard in my opinion for a pair of just lethal scorers in Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and then they have DeAndre in who's holding down the paint like they're a yeah. really good team if you want to talk about their depth after sh- that no, no no they're a really good five or four really I think Tory Craig or whoever they roll with in that fifth spot will be serviceable if they if they, the if out, Kevin but- Durant is healthy I know they're only gonna have like probably. 20 games to play with one another. Probably if CP3 sits out, load management, this, that, they're probably only playing 14 games with each other by the end of the year. They should be the team to beat, and I don't think it's a question. In my I, opinion, because in the I just, I just think Kevin Durant is just different. different. He is. He is. There's no denying that. But I'm going to take the stance of over the past 18 months, no team has been better than the Boston Celtics. Without a doubt, no team has been better. Over the Both past what? beat them 18 months. So, you know, or I guess over the last 12 months, right? So the all-star break when they were kind of on the edge, and then they just got blistering hot. They lost to the finals. They were up 2-1 in the finals because they turned the ball over like crazy. Everything, every minor flaw they had last year, they seem to have packaged up. D. White is playing amazing. They brought in Brogdon. He's the sixth man of the year. Horford has moved into a role that's more fitting. Joe Mazzulla, he was the biggest question mark of the weekend. And I want to tell a funny story on Joe Mazzulla really quickly. We're at a, a Boogie concert in the middle mm. of the day. This, this, is, this is what All-Star is like. And Casey and I... A, a Boogie got around. the afternoon slot. <laughs> <laughs> he got the afternoon slot after watching Richard Jefferson and FaZe Rug play Zach TTG and Nick Young, whatever. And Casey Definitely and I are playing on the court that. while A Boogie is is doing his thing. And Casey, he's you know, he's been on the road, maybe hasn't been in the gym recently. So, you know, 17 Mondays on the road. Whatever. Call your brother. He, just call your brother fat. <laughs> He's let's just say he's got more weight than me right now. So he dribbles down and and hits me in the chest and I'm like I go flying. And so he's wide open with maybe like an eight footer. As he like pretty much bullies me out of the way, Joe Mazzula walks on the baseline and goes, Oh my god. And, and <laughs> And then he takes a step back and Casey airballs the six-footer right in front of Joe Mazzola. Did he, did he say the, anything after that? 
we all laughed. Like, why you say, like, Joe? That's he, a charge. <laughs> it was just hilarious because Joe was so impressed with like the strength and control, and then for it all to culminate in this in this six foot air ball was hysterical. So, anyways, the Clippers are the team to, or sorry, the Celtics Whoa. are the team to beat, in my opinion. Um, but let's talk about the Clippers. Let's talk Russell about Westford. the Clippers. I want to okay. raise my hand right now, right now. Yeah. I am a Russell Westbrook stan. I will not deal with the Russell Westbrook slander anymore. It's gotten too far. The quotes coming from his from his wife about his kid having to deal with this is sickening. It, if you talk to every other player in the NBA, which I have, find me a player that said Russell's a bad teammate. Everyone loves Russ. Everyone <sighs> loves No, no. Ask anybody. Uh, People say I don't he's know. I don't know. Best teammate. And the slander so, has gotten too much. Is he is he great at basketball? I don't know. But <laughs> the guy averaged a triple-double twice in a year, in two years. I'm, I'm sick of the Russell Westbrook slander. He is a pro's pro, and I am upset that the Sixers didn't see, sign him. See, this is, this is, this is where I, I think I want to go back and forth with you. I think that he probably did he accepted his role but probably begrudgingly in LA. Now LA wasn't nice to him either and on the way out they shit on him on the way out which was You see up. you Those see what he quotes. did the the philanthropy he did in the LA area? Yeah, it, the A quotes lot. are and he's the hometown kid and I I'm with you though. The energy is about to shift in the Russell Westbrook conversation. I don't think people understand how much the LeBron crowd determines the media, right? Like they're not going to put the blame on LeBron for this. I'm genuinely serious. Like, if LeBron, t- they did this to Chris Bosh, they did this to Wayne Wade. Remember when Kevin Love was the worst player in the league and everyone hated him? It's because if things aren't going well, obviously LeBron's not going to get the blame. So they blame the guy that's easiest to blame. Anthony Davis has gotten a ton of blame this year because he can't stay on the floor. So Russell Westbrook gets the blame. Now, he goes to the Clippers and people are like, they're so deep already. It doesn't make sense. Russ sucks, all this stuff. First of all, Warren Buffett, one of my close friends, told me something before. Buy low, sell high. Low risk, high reward. Those are the types of investments you're looking for. Okay, so you've got a a very experienced head coach in Tyron Lue who has dealt with the biggest personality in the NBA, right? The two. The two. It's a veteran team. If if Russell Westbrook's. Wait a second. Real quick, real quick. I'm still stuck on that. Because when, when, you, when you said Ty Lue dealt with the biggest personality in the NBA, did you mean LeBron or Kyrie? I was talking LeBron. I, yeah, I didn't even think about Kyrie. Right. Because <laughs> his moccasin shoes last night still have me thrown off. But Ty Lue, he is in a position where, and on a veteran team with Kawhi and PG, they'll just sit him on the bench or wave him again or cut him in the middle of the rest of the regular season. So the risk is, is very low. Then, like you said, a good teammate – Brings electric energy to the team. Now, I will say... Chip on his shoulder, brakes. too. Chip on the shoulder. Let's pump the brakes a little. Playing the in the same building the, as he was. A hometown kid once again. But I would say pump the brakes because the, apparently the plan is for him to start. That, I, I don't see the yep. need for him to just be the starting guard right away. Like, like, let him be in and let's see where he's at. But why are people thinking this won't be a good fit? Russell Westbrook is a good basketball player. He's not a good shooter anymore, and he's, he's inefficient at times, but if in a role, and people are like, oh, he won't do his role. 
He just came off the bench for the 13 seed. You don't think that was an ego hit for him? And he did it, and he showed up every night, like you said, pros pro. So, Russell Westbrook. He's going. Russell Westbrook is going from a bench player on the 13th seed to a starter on the four or five seed. <laughs> he got paid. Like think about this. Think about this. Russell Westbrook, right before the All Star break, got traded from Los Angeles to Utah. He was never going to play for Utah. He never stepped foot in Utah. He stayed in Los Angeles. He then got bought out by the Jazz while he was in Los Angeles. Russell Westbrook was making close to $40 million this year. You know how much of that buyout he's going to He just got a check for $30 million. Let's just call Do it Do we know it if that's how it works? Do we have any clue if that's you definitely, functionally like, how it works? It has to be. Just conceptually think about it. Why would Russ agree to a buyout? You think Russ could have sacrificed $35 million? Just to no, 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 no. I, I'm saying, like, he got bought out. But, like, does that mean when they when they send that transaction to the league, his wire hits? Because that would be sick. Like, it I would be, be Antonio Brown running around the backyard Dude, naked buyouts every time are I got the cra- buyouts are the craziest thing ever. They buy you out of your contract, which your agent's not going to let you do if it's way below what you would be getting paid because then he gets screwed. So you won't play for them. Utah Jazz paid a majority portion of Russell Westbrook's probably prorated salary at this point for the uh, the rest of this year to not play for them. Russell Westbrook didn't move an inch and gets to go and back to work in the same yeah. office for a better team. <laughs> Russell Westbrook is winning. You're losing if you're hating. You're losing. I'm all on the I'm I am in agreement with you. I'm on the Russ train. I'm excited for him and I just want people to take notice of how the energy shifts. When it is now, will Lakers fans and LeBron stands still hate on him? And there will still be that narrative. But if he has any pinch of success, the narrative will definitely shift, which is why I took him to win six minutes. And if he doesn't, he's got playoff P to probably take the the slander off of him anyway. (laughs) There's so much for the Clippers organization that could. Yeah, he's all good. He wins. No loss, though, Abe. And I don't know if I had this on your notes because I had it myself. We do a podcast twice a week. We said you can find it on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, obviously Apple and Spotify. Call the Snapback Sports Podcast. Only fans. one of the guys who who does a fantastic podcast. I will admit is Patrick Beverly. Now, the fact that the Patrick Beverly podcast did not release the news in any form or fashion mm. that that he was going to the Chicago Bulls, I I want to call that the miss of the season from a content perspective. Now. I was with the great Shams. I'm not going to butcher his last name. Shams K. Adams. Super nice. And, uh, you know, he's he's the king of of Did you ask him about K? So there was no K conversation, but I will give you this little tidbit from the conversation. We were talking about, you know, he's got Twitter down. I was introduced as kind of the snap, and I know a little bit about TikTok. And the comment he made was he's – He's on TikTok. You didn't, you didn't tell He's, him that you you had a bunch of stories before he did. <laughs> Alex wanted me to, but we left that out. But he was like, "I'm on TikTok. I haven't posted, but I do have like three thousand followers from like some funny stuff that goes on on TikTok." And he didn't say it, but like obviously it's because everyone just calls him the Riz God on any Adams <laughs> clip, and like he just gets followers from it. So. He, he knows what's going on, clearly. But uh, I can say she was on vacation. He was there. I don't know their relationship. But, but, but don't you Pat think Beth, that's a miss? Don't you think that's a miss? That makes me think about something. 
do you solemnly swear that if you ever, I don't know, go big, sell Snapback Sports to SportsCenter ESPN, you break it on this podcast? Yes, or at the very least. No, I'm no, not, no, there's no, 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 time out, time out, time out, time out. You will have the information, and if we agree what is best, then yes, you will have freedom to do it. But so we're but just that, we'll just we'll meet in the middle and say Woj isn't tweeting shit about us. <laughs> exactly, Woj would not announce that we are we're selling this podcast for three trillion dollars like we will one day. You know what we should do is we should give this, the 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 information to Ballsack Sports and just have him be right, and everyone thinks it's a lie. Yeah, I like that. I, I, it's funny for for whatever reason. I think maybe this is the sicko on me because I have no relation to Lamar Jackson's camp. But my one dream is like for some reason Lamar would find a way to let me do the new like because everyone Rappaport, Shafter, they're all just making it up. No one knows. No one's talking to Lamar Jackson, and he clearly hates the media because they're all against him because of the agent thing. I've talked about many times before. So, like, what if you just let one of the biggest fans release the intel so that it, it, it just matches his persona? Anyways. Right. It's a, so wait, a speaking of uh, not – like, we no relation to Lamar's camp and we'll probably never have him on anything or whatever. We've talked about this before, and I thought about this yesterday or the other day. Don't ask why. About, like, if we, like, somehow got LeBron on this podcast, like, what do you even mm. ask? Like, how do you do? Mm. And I actually had the idea the other day. I know what it was because he said something about Lobos in the tequila mm-hmm. thing. I would make him do, assuming it was in person, I would a thousand percent, and he wouldn't agree to it, but like, let's assume he does, make yeah. him do a blind tequila taste test. Oh, I like that. With three tequilas. That's good. It, it is funny. And, and I know, had another people... thought with Drake, if we would have Drake on. Ooh. I was listening to Drake. And I was like. And then I was listening Very to Drake in my workouts. Very I went, good. I went down that, I went down that like his old stuff, everything like unreleased. And I was like, Drake has so much shit out there. There's no way that Drake knows more Drake than I do. Like I would love to do a finish that lyric where I'd name a random lyric in a random ass song and see if he can actually off the top of his head, say the following lyric. I don't, you don't think, think he, he knows, knows every lyric of his music. No dog. He has so Many. If I just said off the top of his head a one-liner in the middle of a song that's not iconic, I, th- I think I could stump him a thousand percent. All right. I think we should try it with a, maybe a smaller artist before we get to Drake. But it's interesting that you're, you're coming up with these creative ideas because with Super Bowl opening night and then last night I actually had a chance to be in the media room. It is so funny to watch these kind of old-fashioned reporters go in and just ask, like, like DeMar DeRozan, so what, what was your uh, treatment like on your knee during the break? And, and this guy is in a cardigan sweater and wants to be in Miami. And he's just like, yeah, I got some stem and, you know, a bunch of stretching. And it's like, does anyone, like, think a little differently these days? But, look, to be fair, they're beat reporters. And that is what their audience is looking for. It's just mind-boggling to me that, that no one is iterating and it's funny. I took a lot of what we do on the podcast. We interviewed some G leaguers. We'll have more content on that. And, you know, some of our buddies are asking about how they feel about getting to the league. Who's the most underrated. And I'm asking Luca Garza, like, what's your best pickup line when you're trying to Dude, raise someone? He's up? in the you know, G league like, now. He won, he won MVP last night of the G league all-star game, but he Remember gets how high on I was on Luca Garza. I was going to say, yeah. I'm, I'm high. On I mean, he, he was the player of the year. So that's right, what I was like. Finish. How do you not get drafted as the player of the year? 
let's finish with a, a mini seg on football. Hmm. Not not the Super Bowl. Should the Jets go after Derek Carr or wait for Aaron Rodgers? What what do you think? I think you have to go after Derek Carr. <laughs> Yikes. First off, you're not going to wait for Aaron Rodgers to climb out of his fucking cave at the bottom of a cliff in South Africa to decide what he wants to do or what he wants to even have breakfast for or maybe crawl back in there and sit in darkness for another another month. You want to be on his watch, please. And then you have to trade for him in the first place. Like you have to give up assets for Aaron Rodgers. You can just sign Derek Carr. You keep your picks. You build on this young talent that you have, the culture that you're building. Everyone's a lot of people said the Jets were a quarterback away last year, a quarterback away. Was there a huge difference in like Aaron Rodgers versus Derek Carr last year? Like, yes, yes, I, yes. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm but, gonna say something but straight. And at, at their at this I'm point, in Aaron Rodgers straight. in 2016, Derek Carr was very good. He was almost the MVP of the league. And if he hadn't gotten hurt, that Raiders team maybe they would have gone somewhere. Last year, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. I know Waller was in and out. I know Renfro was in and out. I know Matt Collins was weapon two for a lot of the year. He had an all-pro running back in Josh Jacobs. He had Chandler Jones on the defensive side of the ball. Everything was supposed to be, okay, this is the year for Derek Carr. And, of course, I will never, ever fault someone for saying Josh McDaniel is an awful coach because he is. But what makes us think, just because the idea of Derek Carr fitting into the Jets – like this Jets roster was significantly better than the Raiders or what am I missing here? So let me say, I am saying this on the assumption that I don't believe that Derek Carr going forward is the Derek Carr of last year. I will say that I think, think that he's year better. I, I don't, I think he's better than currently he can be better than he was last year. And that's an anomaly. It's not a sign of he's falling off and he's Matt Ryan now. And he's just going to be trash in just in general. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that last season was somewhat of an anomaly because he had him in the playoffs the year before. He did. Yeah, he did. And he should have beat. He should have beat the Bengals in that first game as well. So the reason, he's the just, more so, the reason he's a he continues to lose though. And I know he's had nine it, coordinators, not, but this is this would be his tenth coordinator. It's, it's not okay. like so. Here's what I'll say about this question: It's not that I say go pick Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers. It's that I say go find, in my opinion, a Good, an above average quarterback that's available in the market that you don't have to give up instead of wasting your time on the Kyrie of the NFL is essentially what I believe. Yes, but that but, is what I say. So okay. if it's a, if it's, but a, it's not like Derek Carr's cheap, right? That that's another factor. Because once again, all right. So what's your goal with he, the Jets? Right, Derek Carr's cheaper than Aaron Rodgers. No, he's cheaper than Aaron Rodgers, but he's he's still taking up thirty forty million dollars right on the cap. No Wouldn't you? No shot he gets that amount of money after last year. Oh, is he a free agent? Yeah, they cut him. Well, they're he's cutting a free agent. him. Gotcha. Okay. So you think he's like 20 million? I don't know, bro. Whatever they're doing. Whatever they're doing. Is Daniel Jones the, getting more money than Derek Carr? Probably somehow. <laughs> probably somehow. Because that's that. how the market works, dude. Like he's no, younger, I, I get it. He's on the rise I, versus. But on wouldn't the you rather do, like? Can you win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr? So what's the point here? What's, oh, what's dude, the it's point? the Jets. It's the Jets we're talking right, about. Get remember. to the playoffs. But no, no, that's not what I'm saying. It's like you don't like. Let's just 
look in the mirror. Like it's the Jets. We're not. But not wouldn't be you about rather try and find your franchise quarterback while the team is is young? Like this to me feels desperate. That like they feel like they're in a win now position when they're quite literally not in a win now position. So take a year or two to find the quarterback and hopefully you strike gold. You get a Burrow. You get a you get a. Hertz, at what point? A, at what point do you do you become self aware enough to say, hey, we can't draft and develop shit. Let's just go pay for one. At the quarterback position. But, okay, but that's like saying I can't cook steak, so now I'm gonna go to a fucking Outback Steakhouse for to to get the best steak of my life, which would be you know playoff success. I'm not saying Outback Steakhouse has has the worst steak of all time, but it, it, it's satisfying. But it's not you're not talking about it afterwards. You got Bloomin' Onion. That's Garrett Wilson. <laughs> You've got you great sides. That's Brees Hall. <laughs> But I just don't think Derek Carr is the answer. And I, I'm not necessarily saying Aaron Rodgers is either. I would say the Jets shouldn't – they shouldn't feel like they're a piece away from winning a Super Bowl unless that piece is quite literally a top-five quarterback. And the top-five quarterback, maybe they I also think they, they have a ton of cap space, too. I guess they will do. a quarterback. So we'll see. All right. Let's get Eagleson in here. This will be perfect way to end the show right at about the hour mark. This is our favorite – segment abe says obviously yes as the creative director here has come up with the name do you want to introduce eagleson where is he oh there he is he's you know he had to make the change over waiting for it to pop in there he is dolphina welcome home we're back we're home for we're home for break um so reading week as you guys so like jack said we're going to be all over now posting clips doing different segments uh we know eagleson on wednesdays has what the puck since he really only mm-hmm. talks about two things in life, and that are the Leafs at, or hockey and the Dolphins, we're going to give him an, a, a segment of the, about the Dolphins. Same structure, one minute. Talk about the Dolphins, say whatever you want, and then shut up. Please shut up, and then let us talk <laughs> What's about the name Tua. of the segment. The name. Relax. Relax. Okay. All right. Well, well, before you lead him in, I did want to interrupt because I was upset. The same way I felt like Pat Beverly should have broken the news on the podcast or through a mm-hmm. channel of the podcast to increase subscribers. I felt like we deserved a text. Like, apparently you're saying O'Reilly wasn't a big trade for the Leafs, but it, it seems like that I was no like idea. a... I have no idea what you're the, talking about. The Maple Leafs made like a big trade at, uh, over the weekend, and Eagleson yeah. didn't even send a message. I'm so I'm so, glad so you, I'm glad you did not send a message because I don't give it's so shits. either I send that message and it's just I don't care about hockey which, which is okay but also I genuinely thought the trade was a teensy bit overrated like I like O'Reilly I think he's a good player but he's tailing off the end of his career I think people were overplaying it a little bit I, I like the trade I like what they're doing we're super deep I, I like he's won a cup it's good for the team I just I thought it was overplayed a little bit, and I still think they're going to make another move before the deadline. Jack, you know so, this O'Reilly cat, like you I, know enough I, about him and his role in best, Toronto. Best face off no. in the league. That's I want you. Thing. I want you to to compare this to an NBA team trading a certain oh, player. Oh, we 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 got this already. I already have the replies pulled up <laughs> because I was intrigued. Because when ESPN tweets a hockey trade. It has to be at least like something of note, right? right. And the fact that this I guy think it was. So here we go. Yeah. From Peg City 19. They just went from a first round exit to a first round exit. Uh, <laughs> Leafs showing up to the first round with Ryan O'Reilly just to lose again. And it's uh, who's the guy from the vampire movie? The the hot pale guy that everyone's obsessed with? Edward? You know Jacob? 
Yeah, yeah, Edward. Uh, explain in NBA terms. Paul George trade a few years back. See, that's what I mean. Like that feels like I. That would was be a more big interested. move. That's what I'm it's, saying. It's not not that big. Wait, He's at the end of his O'Reilly career. He, he, you, you got we got we got O'Reilly and another guy for picks. Here's and another one. Need an NBA terms explanation, please. Jeru Holiday to the Lakers, maybe. Like I understand it's not Kevin Durant, but like. You would think that you would be a little more hype about this. Maybe you're I, being I, reasonable. I, I, I don't know what's going on, to be honest. I don't know. Can we get? I like it, except he's he just had his worst like season of his career. He's getting older, tailing off. Uh, I think people just played it up because he's won a cup and he's the captain of the Blues. I think that's why it got played up a little bit. He was the captain of the team, getting traded. That doesn't usually happen. There you go, Abe. I'm just I left like, it on yeah, since yeah. last time. I'm Told you. Yeah. Like, yeah. All, All right. right. Before, well, before we get that Abe, started, Abe, uh, Abe, Abe. Finish this Drake lyric. I know oh, you I didn't heard say that, that I could do this. No, yes, you did. Yes, you yes, did. You did. You no, I said I, I, I could. You said you would finish Drake. any Drake lyric. That means no. I, I actually cannot. You didn't do say that. that. I was said saying that I would Drake find. Drake. Well, that no, 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 that that's you, what no. That's what I would phrase the segment as. I obviously don't. Got it, got it. I would make him feel like that. Okay. But try me. Try me. I see what you're saying. This better not be a setup for me to say a bad word. <laughs> it's not, but that would have been a good idea. I know you heard my pool parties like. I don't know. You got nothing. I know you heard my pool parties like. Michael Rubin, Robert Kraft. <laughs> <laughs> Fanatics party. The correct answer is Mardi Gras. Yeah, no, what? It yeah. is Mardi what, Gras. What song? Though. From what song? Uh, you, you with me? From Views. Hmm. Interesting. His okay. most underrated album. I would just make it Drake seem make feel like I know more Drake than Drake. Obviously, yes. I don't. Because you would have the okay. you would have okay. the lyrics prepped, so you would know. Pulled okay. Well, we're hour the <laughs> we're over the hour mark, so we're going to introduce Eagleson's new segment about the Dolphins. One minute to go. The final finite. Are you ready? Maybe you add in a. Uh, I'm so a, ready. Maybe you add in a dolphin noise instead of a puck sound. <laughs> the dolphin squeak. Or like a, and Tua goes down. Something like that. All right. Eagleson, the final finite. Three, two, one. It's been 18,299 days since the Dolphins last won Stop. a Super Bowl. Stop. And- oh, okay. That wasn't what. what? The, that's not the stat that we what? talk about. <laughs> We just I wanted the, the playoff win. We just wanted the playoff win. Oh, oh, okay. But, but I, th- I thought it was the Super bigger. Bowl. You went bigger. You <laughs> went bigger. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Three, two. But, but a Super Bowl isn't – all right. Well, let's get, him this, let's get him the correct number real quick. We don't want the first one. So I follow the Twitter account. You follow them, right? Days, days since last Dolphins playoff win. Why so, would I be following I'll them? follow them. That just I'll reminds me of – He actually forgot to tweet today, but it's 8,086 today. So go, go ahead with Jesus. that information. Three, two, All right. one, go. You have fifty-seven. It's seconds. been eight thousand. It's been eight thousand and eighty-six days since the Dolphins last won a playoff game, and I'm here to tell you how the Vic Fangio hire is just what we needed to change this. Now that he's officially hired, I think it's hard not to think that we're going to have Abe's face is so funny. A contending defense to pair with that offense going forward. And honestly, he's a defensive mastermind. Every single defense he's coached, he's brought into the top 10. And the Dolphins are a perfect fit for him with all the pieces that we have. We just need a smart 
older coach to come in and put it all together. One thing that's kind of interesting about this whole thing is that Fangio's defensive scheme is almost 100% different from what Boyer was doing. Uh, Boyer's system would rely a lot on man coverage, blitzing, getting to the quarterback. Vic, on the other hand, completely, completely eliminates big plays happening, relies a lot on like guys up the middle covering the centers and guards, opening it up on the edges for guys like Chubb and guys like Jalen Phillips, who I promise you is going to break up like cra- break out like crazy this year. He also utilizes his safeties a lot, which stop, we have two stop, very athletic safeties. Stop. Safe- stop. <laughs> Make we can't mute you. <laughs> give give us. <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> that was good. <laughs> um, Jack, you want to start, or should I? Uh, he, no he, real he said, comments. More, I have some. more so I have just some. like I, have I, I like the Fangio hire. I like that they brought over the other guy who took a pay cut, I guess, or something. Char- um, Chargers DC. Yeah, your defense was was hot garbage. I do think that that stuff can change year over year, especially with I new agree. players and new new scheme. Mm-hmm. But uh, you don't have a quarterback, so uh, eight thousand eighty seven mm. days will be. Tomorrow. Not only do you not have a quarterback, um, but let's just like be honest with ourselves. Look at who Vic Fangio is, the way he talks, just him. And then look at mm-hmm. Mike McDaniel and his whole yep. m- mushroom Stick. situation. Yeah. Yep. Um, and tell me those two guys can like be friends and get along. No. <laughs> they'll they'll be have. fine. I, and I think it's because Fangio's like over wanting to be a head coach at this point, where it's not even it's not even gonna be like that. They're just gonna be trying to win games and that's what it's gonna be about. Yeah, and they still don't have a quarterback. They they have a quarterback. Who is it? You. Skyler Thompson. No, it's it's to attack of I all. Look, he had a great year last year. It's February. Struggled. It's February. I said yeah, some stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, we're all good. Yo, we're you want to make the rules? Right. You want to make the rule? We can't talk about Tua till Memorial Day. <laughs> Even just outside can't, of the can't final say his name. Finit, outside of the final finish. Inside okay. is fair game. I actually don't know All if right. I'll be able Keyword. to hold on my, my uh, end of the bargain. Follow us on YouTube, <laughs> Snapback Sports Podcast, on TikTok and Instagram. Have we posted anything on either of those platforms yet? Uh, the TikTok has a couple clips up now. Uh, we'll have to get on the Instagram reels. Okay. All right. Yeah, let's TikTok, keep the, Snapback Sports let's Podcast. Keep the people updated at the end about, yep. like, you know, if we have any viral clips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk numbies. Let's, let's, let's some of the shorts on YouTube's. Uh, one of them has been doing all right. So What's all hop right? on there, too. Talk to me. Um, here, I'll, uh, I'll pull it up right now. We should, disclose um, the, the, we should disclose every week, even if it's like two cents, how much money we've made off the clips that we've posted. So I'm going to teach you all the ins and outs of this social media stuff. We got to build up and get a way bigger following before we can even turn on the monetization. But I like that idea so people can see the grind. Um, Let's just tell everyone how much money we make. Okay. I mean, we have been telling (laughs) them. One of the shorts – yeah, one of the shorts is almost at 800 views, which isn't terrible for the channel with only 55 subscribers right now. Until we build that up, we can make Eagleson sell feet picks. We – we will or Dolphina back up. here. Dolphina feet picks. Get her only fans. Oh no, we'll slut her. I'll slut her. I think we should. And uh, yeah. I guess final thought, Eagleson. What the heck is the tapestry? I mean, you went full college mode. Uh, what, it's a Biggie on? Smalls lyric. It's not supposed to be Thanks. like a girly thing. Oh, I thought you when you guys were saying it before. It was like honestly, it, it, just like some, I was on a different. You didn't recognize that it was Biggie. 
It was yeah. all a dream. No, I know, I know it was yeah. all a dream as Biggie, but I really thought he just had like an inspirational, it was all a dream. Yeah, like, no, it's not an inspirational but... thing. I just, I like Biggie a lot. So that's kind of where that came from. You know more Biggie right. than Biggie? I would hope At so. this point, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that, that was fun. <laughs> all right, we'll end on that note. We will see you guys on Thursday. Much love. Peace.